Hello and welcome to Season 4. It's a podcast that seeks to encourage and inspire you on your journey. Okay, in today's episode, we have a very special guest and it's with Richard Gambles. And he is somebody who is, you know, I wouldn't say he's a risk taker, but he is someone that when he hears God's voice, he follows it. And what he's looking to do and has been doing for the past 10 years is absolutely remarkable. And a testimony and an encouragement to all of us that when God says something a little bit nuts and we go, yeah, but how? God then reveals ways to go about it. So um, let's go straight into our devotion and then go straight into our chat with Richard. God in all seasons. In the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6, verse 10, part B, 2, in the Passion Translation, it reads, Manifest your kingdom realm and cause your every purpose to be fulfilled on earth, just as it is fulfilled in heaven. Or in other words, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Sometimes we can look at this and see this as a surrendering. Now we know that this can be difficult for some until things are beyond their control and they reach out to an unknown force and pray. Prayer is an action, like laughing or crying. It's apparent that there are moments in our lives that need to reach out to a bigger power beyond ourselves. And that's not bad, that's glorious. Until we only reach out in those difficult times and suddenly Jesus becomes an ambulance service or a paracetamol. But we are invited to reach out in the non-emergencies, in the resting, in the laughing. Christ will. This verse speaks of a desire for relationship, an intimate friendship, participating in all our lives. Christ is amongst us, always in the middle of all these patterns of our life. Where there is pain, loss and sorrow, he's there to support and comfort. In joy, peace and laughter, he's there enjoying it with us. In Proverbs 3.6, it reads, In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Let's be known as people who reveal Christ amongst us in all of our life. Amen. Okay, we are now with my next guest, and uh, it is with... Um, Someone who I've not met in person, but I have met uh, in the, the metaverse, as we probably will be using to call it now. You know, it's it's a horrible thing, isn't it? Um, uh, it's with Rich or Richard Gambles, and uh, some of you will know him, some of you won't. And but anyway, we'll get to find out about him and so on and so forth. How are you? How's life? Yeah, doing well, thank you. Doing Fantastic. well. Um, just having a little bit of a breather. This okay. is a breather doing a podcast with you, so we're, we're all. <laughs> Why don't you tell people uh, uh, 
why that means a bit of a breather. Tell us the story about who you are and why people, some people will, will, will know of you and why people need to know about you or rather the thing that you're going to be doing. Yeah, more the thing that I'm doing because, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. I did an interview with BBC Radio 2. They went, who are you? And I went, well, I'm just a bloke. Well, yeah, and, I know that. <laughs> just a bloke. So, um, but I believe that God gave me a vision 17 years ago to build a national landmark. Yes. And had 10 years of praying and uh, been working on it seven years. But uh, we're going to build this national landmark about Jesus uh, just outside Birmingham which is called the Eternal Wall of Answer Prayer. And it is a giant Mobius strip, which is an infinity symbol, like the metaverse. Like the metaverse. Yeah. <laughs> um, a few rabbits running, I can tell you. But um, yeah, so it's a giant Mobius strip made up of a million bricks. And every single brick will represent a story of answered prayer. So people will be able to come, point their phone at any one of the bricks on the structure. Mm. and the phone will light up and it will tell them the story of hope that lies within and we want to do this because well a i believe it's what god's told me to do mm. but b we want to make hope visible we want to tell the nation that jesus is alive that he listens and he answers prayer i love it i love it it's it's really interesting that i've got you today on on this episode because um uh, looking behind the curtain, uh, the devotion that um, I, I wrote all that while ago, um, which is your kingdom come, your will be done, um, is, is, the, is the traditional text to it. I decided that um, how people approach that is de dependent on their point of view. So some people point from their, uh, um, well, basically we're using the spiral dynamics which is uh, a model of explaining the evolution of people and society. And so last week, it was very much uh, your core needs, uh, looking after yourself, looking after your family, hunter-gatherer, and so on and so forth. Right. And, the, and there is a moment in whilst, whilst we as a civilised society or a society, um, when we're hunting, gathering, which at the moment for us is like getting a job, having heads of heating and stuff like that, there are moments when it, there are things. That's what would be good, I can tell you right now. Right <laughs> yes. <laughs> Don't I got a WhatsApp from my dad saying, Oh, you know, that's going to snow. Is your sledge is ready? It's like, What? <laughs> um, of course, the answer was, Well, yeah, of course, my sledge is already. I've got 15. So, yeah, we go. <laughs> um, but anyway, <laughs> um, so, so the first first you know part of, of society is is within the, the spiral dynamics is is that hunt together the next part is where there are things beyond our power we reach to a power that's beyond us yeah. which is the mystical it, 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 you know so what within ancient civilized society they would it would they would worship and do sacrifices and so forth to gods etc and it, it happens now still people do that, that that there's a power beyond them that they, they need their help and so today you are your subjects <laughs> your special subject is is in that realm of spirituality where life in itself yeah. where we can't handle so it, 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 there's a lot of serendipity about this whole um uh yeah and i suppose the power of prayer I, yeah, yeah i suppose i would say with the project that we're doing um you know when you first start talking to people about it yeah. When I first did that many years ago, you know, there's lots of raised eyebrows, lots of laughter, to be honest. Mm -hmm. And um, 
you know, we have a phrase in our team that it, it has to be impossible for God to be glorified through it. Yeah. yeah. And I wish I'd never come up with that phrase because it seems <laughs> to get more impossible by the day. But, but it's a lot of bricks, by the way. Not... You know that, right? I did. It's a lot of bricks. It's, it's a lot of bricks. Yeah. To give you an idea, if they were made of Lego bricks and put on top of each other, it would reach to the top of the stratosphere. That's how big a million bricks is. But I, the the um, we we often talk and we imagine the day of you know when we open as a team and and I say look you know the narrative cannot be what a fantastic team that have pulled this together yeah that cannot be the narrative yeah. one it has to be the whole church doing it together yeah and two people have to look at the project and go wow there is no way they could have pulled this off without god mm-hmm. and and one of the things that that causes us to do then is to not strive I think the great danger is when you're faced with the impossible to, to not just work that bit harder, but just work way harder to try and lessen the odds, if you like. Yeah. And, and of course, that's when we get into striving, we lose our peace and, and things go pear-shaped. So yeah, we are trying on this journey where we're faced with lots of impossibilities of just keeping our peace. That's really interesting. I mean, so today uh, I've, I've got another project that I'm involved with. It's about to launch tomorrow. And there's a whole, there's a lot of moving parts that aren't working as well as possible. And I was saying to um, a colleague of mine, I was saying, I'm, I'm being aggressive in being patient. And so there's me praying to God, you know, God, there yeah. are so many things that could fall apart here. Yeah. Uh, and God said, look, just remember you are in me. I'm on the boat in the storm and I slept and I had peace. I had peace. I had peace. What, what's beautiful about this, 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 what you're doing, uh, and and why this is such an important. Well, we'll talk about why why you're doing it and that sort of thing. But for me, it, it it's such a biblical thing. I think is it in Revelation where it talks about they overcame the devil through the blood of the Lamb and the testimony of the saints. Yeah, which essentially yeah. means what Jesus did and what it meant to me. What Jesus yeah. did and what it meant to me. And so the testimonies of these prayers are actually stories that build our own faith because it would happen to them. You know, on previous podcasts, I've, a whole bunch of my friends have been talking and they're yes. saying, I did a really rubbish prayer and, and it was yeah. like, you don't have to be articulate, but it's the engagement of the prayer and the trust in the, in the, the trust in Jesus to do what he does without us being the answer to the question, but re- allowing that we are just conduits of sure. Jesus being involved, please. Yeah. Well, I, I believe that there is a there is a power in testimony mm, mm. that is not not just about giving encouragement, but I think there's a spiritual dynam- dynamic that's in place yes. um, that, that the atmosphere changes when we share a story of something that God has done yeah. that, that creates an opportunity for that thing to happen again or something of that nature in, in the person who's praying. And there's, there's a bit in Corinthians where uh, Paul talks about uh, the gracious favour granted mm. for the answered prayers of, of the many. Yeah. And the phrase that he uses for the gracious favour granted is charismata. <laughs> and so, so I, I've gone on this journey of looking like, what, what if we consider when God answers a prayer to be a spiritual gift? 
Absolutely. I mean, when God answers a prayer for us, is it a gift from God? Well, yeah, yeah of course it is. Of course it is yeah. And then you sort of go, well, okay, well, what are we going to do with that? Yeah. And, and, and most, and I've certainly been guilty of this in the past, yeah. we sort of deal with it, like I say, like chocolate oranges on Christmas Day. You know, the, the kids have their chocolate orange in their stocking in the morning. Yeah. It's yeah. opened at 5 a.m. and it's long forgotten by the time they've got down to their next presents. Yeah. And but if it's a gift from God, if when God answers a prayer, whether it be a massive Hollywood one or whether it be, you know, something like give me peace in that meeting. I believe that that when when heaven touches earth in that way, that 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 specific story reflects God in a unique way. And so we have to make sure that we steward wisely what God has given to us. And in Peter, it, it talks about, you know, use your gift to encourage others. So so when God answers a prayer, it's not just for me to go, oh, that's great. And then move on to the next one. Yeah. For me, that 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 journey that I've had and the journey is just as important as the answer prayer, I believe. Yes. But that journey that I've had to God answering in that way is of great value that I can then share and pass on to other people to encourage them in their journey. So I've been to the the Angel of the North several times and it is uh, beautiful and magnificent. It is a a structure that that leaves you with, with a sense of awe. Interestingly, the people of the Northeast who are an, an amazing amazing people for them yeah. they've, they've richly embraced it it was like we were the forgotten but we're not forgotten we actually count we're actually more important than we realized um do you know what on that though matt what's that Matthew, can, can i say in in my whole journey my scariest day was when i met with the people who organized the angel of the north why and i because i went up to them I went up to meet with them and they talked about the project. I talked about where I were and then they got the press cuttings out and they got absolutely hammered in the press. Absolutely hammered. Everybody hated it. And I said, I said, but now everybody loves it. Yeah. And, 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 um, and I said, when did it change? And she said, the moment it went up, the moment the angel of the north was was erected then all of a sudden everybody's like oh this is wonderful and and embraced Mm. it 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 taught me that that you know some people need to see something physically to actually capture the vision i i get that so this is interesting so what was your background what is your background pre people knowing about you you know were you a ski instructor were you a market trader were you you worked in a bank what did you do uh wide and wide and varied i think is the answer <laughs> uh, started my working career picking out the bad crisps at walker's crisp factory oh my gosh um, brilliant yeah so i've done i've done all sorts but i i sort of went to bible college um but i got saved when i was 20 years old went to bible college um started planting churches yeah wasn't great at it to be honest <laughs> was probably going to kill the church or they were going to kill me and it was who got there first you're not alone i think there's many vicars out there and ministers that probably need to have a good <laughs> smash in the face or a cuddle it, or yeah 
So, so I was, I was sort of doing that and running a software business at the same time. Okay. Okay. Then chaplain at Leicester City Football Club. Oh, wow. uh, Before they were then, good. Uh, bef- when they were rubbish. Yes. Fantastic. When they were rubbish. The Lord bless you for your commitment. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm very glad I wasn't there when they were good. And um, and then and then and then sort of um, oversaw the charity that sort of places chaplains into professional sport. Oh yeah, 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 I know it. Uh, I did did that for a few years and and sort of got that charity sort of in, in good shape and then uh just had this what i call sort of head on the desk moment i just i just got sports chaplain ck in reasonable shape i won't say brilliant shape warren evans has has done a great job getting that in better shape but mm. uh i had this moment where i just felt god say right i want you to crack on with the wall now and i just sort of planted my my head on the desk and i was like really can i just not have a couple of comfortable months so it's been a it's a wide and varied sort of entrepreneurial yeah really and um you know moving from one thing to the next when when did it because i we met when we were at a city vision conference and uh i think you myself and eugene were speaking to the leaders it was very strange i was invited to be this you know the speak speaker to the speakers i was like do you you really know what you're going to get yourselves into um i got away with it so that's okay Um, imagine it was it was funny enough so we're obviously linked with with lord way and obviously city vision and the rest of history i heard your story but uh last week we heard from andrew about hearing the voice of god and you start with knowing who you are and knowing who jesus is within your scenario yeah and it's you're joining jesus in in his vision as as our dear friend dennis peathers would say um but what was that and then last week we heard about that okay if when you want to hear from god firstly you start from a place of loving a person or situation deeply loving and in that moment you then ask god what do you want to say to that thing and then there's a flickering thought Mm -hmm. and when you said a wall i thought well my only reference to a wall is like the berlin wall or you know stuff like that what was that flickering thought that preceded this quite literally bonkers idea well i was already doing a bonkers idea uh, <laughs> I, I was um i was it was easter and i was walking across around leicestershire about an 80 mile journey just to get people to think of jesus during easter and that's, uh, was unusual i wasn't talking to people i just was I guess I would describe that as almost like a piece of performance art. Okay. And um, I started to anecdotally find out that lots of people were talking about it. It got a lot of coverage on TV and radio and all that sort of stuff and in the papers. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, then, and then I suppose the thing that sealed it was my dad, who's not a Christian, was in a governmental meeting Okay. Many miles away. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, somebody in the middle of the meeting said, "I saw a really weird thing this morning." <laughs> Described this a bloke in a suit carrying a cross. Brilliant. And my dad said uh, that was my son. And then he proceeded to share the gospel, even though he's not a believer, with the whole room. That's incredible. And and, and I suppose that for me was a. If you like, that's that fleeting moment of 
God, there's something that I'm doing here that is breaking out of the four walls of the church, that is getting people to talk about you in a way that maybe they've never done before. Mm. What do you want me to do next? That's hilarious. And you that, used the word four walls and now you're making a wall. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and and um uh and so and so you know it was like what do you want me to do next? And then this this sort of idea flashed through my brain. Like that. And I yeah, yeah. I I just went home and my wife, <laughs> you know, sort of I've seen that look before, what's going on? And I was like, I'm gonna build a national landmark. Yeah. I know those. I know those. My wife often gives me that look. Yeah, she yeah. Tells me, oh, crap, and I, 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 <laughs> I didn't. I didn't really know. Well, listen, I'm. I'm the most unpractical guy you will ever meet. I mean, I'm banned from doing DIY at home. I set okay. fire, set fire to the bathroom. You know, Thank so so bored that you're not building it. So yeah, but you know, for 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 me to sort of head up a project that is. Um, really pushing the boundaries of engineering because we're not talking about a flat wall here we're talking about an infinity loop yeah um it's a wall with one side so you can't be on the outside or the inside of it and um so so um i just sort of then had a 10-year journey of carrying on with my software business and chaplaincy and all those elements with it just in the back of my mind and just occasionally praying about it yeah and in my beautiful naivety, um, just assumed, well, I'll get £20,000. That'll help me buy the land, and then I'll be up and running. Amazing. I mean, as it, you know, I, I was about £1.6 million off on the cost of the land. But, um, uh, you know, if I'd not been naive, I don't think I'd have ever started. That's really interesting and, you said that. Um, I had a, a, a talk. Uh, I listened to Bethel sometimes and it's really interesting just hearing the seeing the world and hear the world from their point of view and bill johnson talks about creativity and he read a book uh about um uh, some research that was done where um they did it with ten thousand children of which uh from the age of zero to eight 98 percent of them were creative creative geniuses then at the age of 10 they did the test again and and 30% were then oh. and and then at the age of 15 20% were and then at the age of 18 only 2% were creative wow geniuses. wow and, and what it was is that creative having that that thinking outside the box it actually needs a childlike attitude it, it, yeah you can't overthink it you know and, and they're yeah. saying that the opinions and and so-called rules actually are the things that stop us from being creative well so which I mean, is that's good really that you basically because, are an idiot when it comes to building because you essentially yeah. have no idea yeah <laughs> and 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 over the last few years the amount of times i've met with somebody and they go right well normally and i'm like let <laughs> there me you just, go <laughs> let me just stop you there when nothing is normal about this project so you know i was i I was told with the planning, you know, I sat down with one guy and he went, okay, there are three rules of planning. One, don't build on Greenbelt. Two, don't build by a heritage site. And three, don't build by Greenbelt and a heritage on Greenbelt by a heritage site. And he said, and you're number three. 
<laughs> and I said, and I was like, are you telling me it's impossible? I said, because if it's, if, it's if it's impossible, bring it on, because that's yeah. what we've been living with for the past few years. Yeah. But I think that that sort of, I, right at the very beginning, I sat down with a group of people to sort of go, hey, got some friends together and went, hey, this is the idea. What do you think? Yes. And, and we had the accountants that were sort of going, tapping away on the calculators going, it's going to take 4.3 years for you just to check the answered prayers. <laughs> You know, and then and then I had the creatives who were like, "Yeah, we could build one in every country in the world." So, so you have the sort of the two extremes, really. Um, and it's just Matthew; it's just a day at a time. Yeah, I mean, I, we have a few mountains ahead of us, but we've got a whole lot of mountains behind us. So, where are you at right now in terms of the development? So, uh, we got granted planning permission last year. Yeah, which is a big hurdle. I mean, a huge, yeah. huge, yeah. crazy story, crazy, crazy story. Um, and then uh, we we now we've done a crowdfunder. We've raised some money, not as much as I would like, but that's pretty much the norm. Yeah, I get that. So we are um, we've raised from the public so far over a million pounds. Oh. And then we've got a number of backers. And so we are uh, the we will be doing the archaeological digs and stuff like that in January. The road, the access road is being built. The structure itself is made up of 94 segments. So they are beginning to be constructed. Amazing. You know, I'll be honest with you, you know, yesterday, looked at the numbers. I need to find £2.3 million pounds for next year, but it's next year. I don't yeah, need to yeah. think of December, which is really nice. So... So, you know, that's that's sort of the journey and the numbers keep getting bigger. And the, in some respects, the challenges are bigger. Yeah. But my my approach is I'm just going to keep moving forward. And as long as we're moving forward, we're getting close to complete this. And yeah, when it's yeah. built in 100 years time, nobody's going to be kept. Nobody's going to care how long it took. No, they're not. And it's not going to take 100 years. Just saying that I'm going to prophetically no. tell you it's not <laughs> No, no. I mean, when it's been when it's been yeah. up for a hundred years, you know, yeah. nobody nobody's yeah. going to care. And we, you know, the it's interesting when if you look at Nehemiah, yes, he talked about when he sort of presented the vision. He talked about right. This is this is the problem. The walls are broken down, and I believe in in the in this country. I, I believe when Nehemiah is talking about the wall around Jerusalem, it represents the testimony of God. Yeah, the testimony yeah, yeah. of who God is, and I believe that the the testimony of who God is in this country is broken down, mm. and there's so few, you know, people just don't hear about what God is doing in our nation anymore. That's yeah. the problem, yeah. and uh, and so we're going to share a million stories and let people know. Yeah. But the second thing that he does, which is really interesting, is he then shares the favor of God on the project, mm. and. And, you know, people sometimes say to me, well, is it, you know, should you be spending that amount of money on this? And there's loads of answers to that question. But my favourite at the moment is, if this is not of God, £10 is too much to spend on this project. But if it is of God, then we've just got to embrace it. And um, yeah. I love the bit in Acts where Gamaliel says, you know, you know, 
if uh, if this is not of God, it's going to fail. And if it is of God, you've got to be careful you don't stand against it. Yeah. And, um, you know, we've seen just incredible, incredible stories of, of blessing to get us through this, you know, crazy stuff. Mm. And um, I'd love to tell you it's like that every day and I'm skipping through the fields and it's wonderful. That's but not the case. Yeah, I know that it's not the case. You've got grey. <laughs> I know. It, well, it didn't start grey. But, I mean, I'll give you, I'll give you, I'll give you a, a, just a, a quick story. When we, when we got our planning permission, we um, met with an investor and his advisors and they were like, they were saying, right, now you've got planning. We want to we wanna cover your running costs for three years. That's a big deal. For all, for all your team so that every money, every penny goes into the project and not on staff. Amazing. Serious big deal. Yeah. And, and so he sat down. He said, but before I do that, I want to look at the whole charity. I want to see who you employ. I want to make yeah, sure that my money is going in the right place, which is fair enough. And then he said, uh, in the middle of the meeting, he said, you need a construction project manager. And I said, no, 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 we're all right. We're, we're, we're subcontracting that out. And he said, no, you need somebody client side to fight your battles. Yeah. And then I was like, well, how much do they cost? And he told me. And I was like, well, that, that doesn't even cover your budget that you're giving us. You know, how yeah. does that work? And, um, and then we started talking about the volunteer. And then the problem with the volunteer is they're not up to date with all the regulations. And then all the advisors started chipping in. And then I said, you know, I want this person to be a Christian. Yeah. And they just laughed in the meeting. And they said, Rich, you're looking for a needle in a haystack anyway. If you want a Christian one, it's like a yellow needle in a haystack. <laughs> and so they, they carried on talking. And I just like shut my eyes. And I'm just like, Father, can you please help me? Yeah. 30 minutes later, a guy is driving in his car. He turns on the radio, he hears a news story about eternal war, and he, feel, and he senses the Holy Spirit say, you need to get involved. He's a senior uh, construction project manager for the Commonwealth Games Stadium. Just oh, my goodness. And then he contacts us. We say, that's great, mate, but I haven't got any money. Yeah. He then contacts his bosses and yeah. says you know, you keep talking about this corporate social responsibility and they agreed to release him and an assistant for a day a week for free. Goodness me. So I was able to then phone up the investor and go, yeah, got it covered, sorted. Yellow needle in the haystack found. <laughs> and and it's, it's, you know, pretty much everyone in our team has got a story like that, of the yeah. way that God has given them. And, and we are seeing, you know, some incredible things like that mm. that is almost becoming commonplace for us. I believe part of that is because we're stewarding the gift. You know, the gift of answer prayer, we're stewarding it wisely. Yeah. Um, but I just, you know, I guess that's just part, just needs to be part of the narrative yeah. when the whole thing is built, that people will see that, you know, I, I mean, God is providing me people where I don't even know that I need them. Yeah. You know, where yeah. I'm like, I don't really need that. And then the next day I get an email. I'm like, oh, that's, that's why I need that. You know? <laughs> you, you, you know my friend Gavin. Do you know Gavin Kibble? From yes. yes. Yeah, Gavin's a dear friend of mine. He, he uh, 
we'll have him as a guest. I think they did the uh, the prayer walking app and stuff like that as well, which is okay. And it, he's involved in some work, and he says, "Matt, we're in a place where we're having prayers answered before we're make, making the prayers. You know, we mm. are so in the very heart and flow of what God is up to. Amazing. Which and that's and it, it it was out of obedience. It was out of obedience, saying, "I want you to go that direction." And and Gavin's an extraordinary, just like you. You you know, you you go with a sense of, "Yeah, right," but I ain't got a clue. And yet, God says, "Don't worry." I'll, I'll provide i'll provide and yeah. it's a following in it it's a following it's a following which is, it is. i mean i mean i have to you know it is terrifying yeah i, get I that. mean i can't i, I can't that. i can't I don't, I don't want to dress it up i mean at times you know it is it is very difficult at times when you're in meetings and getting loads of different elements of advice you don't really understand yeah and, and you almost have to work all the harder to sort of get your head around what yeah. some pretty big critical uh, decisions. Yeah, yeah. But you know, we're just seeing the favour of God. I mean, I I spoke to uh, I spoke to somebody uh, a couple of weeks ago, and they were like, "Rich, you're going to have to find half of the money to even get started because no construction company on earth is going to start this project unless you've got fifty percent already in the bank." Yeah. And I was able to say, well, actually, this is a bit of a different project because we found a construction company that not only don't want us to have anything in the bank, but they're prepared to bankroll the first million. And he was like, are they a Christian? I said, no, just a favour of God. That's, that's incredible. The, the thing that I find amazing about prayer is I, I remember when I was a I was much younger uh, and God just reminded me, look, if you, if I can answer your prayers here, I don't run out with answering prayers. I can answer mm. these prayers here as well. Yeah. My relationship now has changed from SOS prayers of help me, help me to yeah. Lord, where are you leading me and how can I follow what you're doing? Which yeah. is a very, very different rhetoric of survival of the fittest to actually becoming a follower. And I'm hoping the success of of this prayer wall, which will be here for a hundred years, unless you're into the eschatology of Jesus is coming back in three years' time, or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, look, yeah. Better look yeah. busy. <laughs> um, is this for us is a marker and a testimony that hopefully should uh, stir the pot in creating a culture of prayer which at the moment is very yeah, much so, them on us, but real, real blood, you know, blood and guts yeah, and real normal stuff. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really hoping that, I'm really hoping that is the, is the case. I think what we've got to do with the million stories is make sure that we have a good range. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It, we, we can't just do the, um, we can't just do the need-based prayers or the, yes. you know, I prayed and then it happened because what one of the big lessons for me on the, on this journey is, is the timing of God. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, so I, um, there's a bit, um, just trying to remember where it is. There's a bit in, in Matthew where, where Jesus rebukes the, um, rebukes the disciples for forgetting the bread. And 
Well, he doesn't rebuke. They're, they're worried that they've forgotten the bread. And he rebukes them and says, can you not remember? And, of course, just a few that's, that's days ago. Yeah, it was the feeding of the 5,000. That's the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's he saying to them? What's he saying to them is, do you clearly that's not something you're going to forget is it <laughs> you're not going to forget seeing that so they clearly yeah. hadn't forgotten that yeah. but i think what they forgot was the message in it yes which was that he's the provider he's the lord lord of all so so for me on the journey what 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 i do is when i'm you know and i have those moments and as a team sometimes you have those dark moments where you think how are we going to get out of this yeah and what we do is we remember the things that god has done to get us to this place to recalibrate our minds yes. to yes. the truth yes. rather than allow the facts that surround us to to change our minds and and you know so what I've what I've learned is that because you you said something which struck a chord with me about how your prayers have changed. Yeah, yeah. I I mean I used to pray in desperation. Like, I need this now. I need this now. I need this now. Mm-hmm. Whereas now I think I have absolutely zero doubt that it's God's will to do this because yep. I've got so many stories over the last seven years. Yeah. Zero doubt. So therefore, if something isn't opening up. It's yeah. nothing to do with God's God's intention for the project. Yeah. And and sometimes it's because of timing, sometimes it's due to other elements, but it changes your prayer then. It Does that cha- make sense? It, well, no, it, even better than that, it changes your relationship with God. Yes. It, 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 God isn't this, okay, yes, fine. It's not like you go to the shop and you order it. It's now a relationship. You, Correct. You know, it's, a, it's, a, it's a recognition that you, Father, are doing something and I'm just, I'll wait and wait until you're ready. You know, it's a yeah. bit like with my kids. They want to, you know, whatever. And I say, look, I'm busy right now, but I will be there. You know, or something's not ready. Or when they want dinner, say, yes, you'll get it, but I've got to cook it first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the, the, and I think this will be the surprise for a lot of people because a, a lot of people see the headline, turn a wall of answer prayer and just think it's a triumphal, name it and claim it, yeah. you know, sort of, theology yeah actually what we're hoping is that people when they look and they read and they meditate on the stories will realize it's about the journey and Mm. i heard a great quote from bill johnson which is you know if you align yourself align yourself with god's heart you know our our intention should always be to try and align ourselves with his heart now I believe that God's heart is he's more interested in the journey than the story of answer prayer. (laughs) He's more interested in the journey that we go on than the moment. Therefore, I have to align my heart to make sure that my focus is more on the journey than, than, than the moment that I'm heading towards. And that makes sense, doesn't it? Because the moment is a moment, whereas the journey, you're on it longer. Yeah, yeah. And you learn more, don't you? Yeah. I mean, it's nice when God answers those immediate ones like my yellow needle in a haystack. Yeah, but they're unusual. They're not. They're unusual. But the the reality is, is how much do I learn through the other through the other elements? How how much do I learn through those disappointments? I'm um, I'm talking on Sunday 
on, uh, and hopefully folk from my church won't hear this, but I'll, I'll tell you, like, I'm, we're covering um, Fruit of the Spirit and I'm doing self-control. Okay. And why do we get, why do we lose self-control? It's because we lose perspective of things. And in actual fact, we need to have a new vision, a rivet, revision of how yeah. we perceive and connect with a scenario which Very good. moves us from, a, from uh, a sense of, well, I want it now. It has to be like this to, hold on, there's something bigger here. Yeah. Much, much bigger. Yeah. yeah. And, it, and it's, I think what you're, you, what you're doing is that you are, you're actually creating the stories of God for people to listen and learn, for them to say, oh, yeah, I can identify with that. I was having a difficult time in my marriage or I, 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 was, I felt that I had to make an adjustment in my behaviour or, you know, I wanted to bless my, my neighbourhood, didn't know what to do, or had this idea and about a wall. Because <laughs> you know what? I, although you say a million bricks and a million answers to prayer, I would not be surprised, and I hope you haven't, you should, factor in almost like this constant, and we'll just keep adding and adding and adding the stories. Yeah, we've already factored that in, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because it, it's almost like the moment that people go, oh, right, yeah, this is actually more important. You know. Yeah. The, what you've said about the, the self-control, there's, um, I like, oh gosh, is it Psalm 77? Might be 73 or 77. I think it's 77, where the psalmist has sort of lost the plot and he's in the <laughs> middle of the night Brilliant. and he's, 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 he's having, you know, midnight madness and super yep. anxiety, yep. super doubt. We've never had that, have we? <laughs> no, no, that's never happened. <laughs> lost lost control yeah but what does he do he then says i will remember and then he starts remembering the god who has and that recalibrates his mind come on to to minimize the anxieties and focus on the truth of who god is oh you know what so what's that psalm 77 or something like that I'll psalm 77 i think yeah because my my uh my piece de resistance is about talking about the disciples they fell asleep and Jesus was praying and they fell asleep because they forgot and they forgot and they, they basically didn't remember what, what, what yeah. Jesus had said, I am going to. Yeah. Oh, I I, what, I, what I do in the middle of the night and I've not, I'm really pleased to be able to say I've, I've got single digit sleepless nights over the last seven years. Wow. And, um, but one, one of the sort of techniques that I've, I know this sounds a little bit weird, that's but all, right. all about weird. weird it's all weird yeah. let's be honest <laughs> but i i sort of i sort of imagine uh myself in the boat you know when jesus is calling peter and 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 uh on that bit it says he looked at jesus and then when he started he started to sink when he looked at the wind mm. when he responded to the wind and i sort of when i'm in bed go okay i can turn to the left because mm. there's the whirlwind of facts that are going to sink me. Yeah. And what I do is I, I, I physically turn to the right and go, I'm going to look at Jesus yeah. and remember what he's done. Yeah. And that sort of manages to calm me when you wake up and when you're stressed, the immediate thing is all those yeah. things that you're stressing you. And, and mm. you know, that, that when we were doing the crowdfunding, um, the, the last lot, we raised in the last we raised 550 i think in 40 days incredibly stressful 
I was doing that process probably on an hourly basis. I hear you. I hear you. I and hear you. and um, it is very interesting. You know, I, I just tell you quickly if we've got time because yeah, the, um, when we did the first crowdfunding right at the very beginning, of course, I had none of this background. I've launched it on BBC Radio 2. I'm thinking millions of people are going to do it. And I'm I'm thirty odd days in, and and I'm not even halfway. Yeah. And um, it was stressful. I was headaches, being sick. I just didn't want to have shamed God, really, mm. you know, and and got it wrong. And then four days to go. At this point, nobody's emailing me. Nobody's yeah. nobody's picking up the phone. I'm well into the world of striving and stress. Yes. And I decided to stay up all night and, and pray through the night and just went onto a hill wow. outside, outside Leicester. Never done that before. Yeah. And about three o'clock at night, um, just for like a millisecond, the whole, the whole sky behind me lit up. Goodness. Like a, a bright white and I just felt God say, um, I'm behind you and you need to lead in peace. And I then had two days of wrestling to get peace, but then finally got peace. And then on the day that I got peace, all the money flooded in in one day from all over the world. But it's interesting with prophetic words, how they, you know, or words like that when God speaks to you, they often have multiple meanings, don't they? they and do. I'm, and they I'm do. learning now that when he was saying your job is to lead a piece, he didn't just mean in the first crowdfunder. And yeah. and I almost see that as the at the top of my job role mm. is to is to make sure that this ridiculously bonkers project, which is you know the biggest use of augmented reality in history, the the crazy engineering, the biggest uh, answer prayer database in the world by a country mile plus trying to unite the church to work together on it yeah um i think my main job is to be at peace that's so important and, and that's really interesting because the majority of people why they pray is because they're not at peace you notice that yeah and it's because they forgot the bigness of god or they forgot how important we are to God. That they they don't yeah. they, they forgot that they count, and, and we have stuff that we've picked up in the background that has it's so, through it's us. so it's extraordinary. Yeah, it's so easy to do though. Oh, it is absolutely. And, and I get absolutely. so frustrated with myself at times. Yeah. You know, like I tell the story of how God, you know, connected. You know, I don't know if you've heard the story of the land, but in. You know, in in very short piecemeal, went over to America. God spoke to me, said, "I've got heavenly land for you." One of my intercessors said, "Well, if God's got the land, I'll find out where it is." Prays, circles a map, and basically connects me to a guy that God had spoken to six months before he'd spoken to me seventeen years ago, also about a national landmark. <laughs> and 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 then and then over. I didn't tell him where the lady had circled the land because I didn't want to emotionally, spiritually manipulate the situation. Yeah. And over two years, then he kept finding us different pieces of land across the Midlands that didn't work. And in yeah. the end, 
paid an architect to find the best piece of land for us, which, yeah. guess what, was the piece of land that the woman had circled two years before. And, and you know, those are, those are, for me, those are like the bang, that is there to remind me that God is in this. I couldn't make that up. No. I mean, no. I couldn't make that Just to seal the deal on that one. Have you heard of the What Three Words app? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course I have. So Brilliant. just randomly. So when we were on the land yeah. and the BBC are doing like this documentary for radio, that's the plan, I think. And then uh, somebody sort of said, oh, I wonder what the what three words are for this piece of land. Wow. And the randomly generated what three words were yeah. occupied lands. Congratulations. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> crazy that's incredible but i have all those amazing stories matthew and yet i still have my wobbles i still have my moments but gideon was an idiot and yet god did amazing stuff gideon I'm good was, <laughs> you're nothing like gideon but the, at the end of the story he then still puts up a stupid astropole or whatever it is at the end of the story you think yeah. oh, goodness sake man you've just done something extraordinary with with god and all this story so yeah, I get it. It's we're, we're we're fragile and that sort of stuff. I think what's also fantastic is that God never asks us to do the possible. You notice that He always asks us to do things like, "Are you joking?" Yeah. Well, I think in increasing measure, isn't it? In it increasing is. measure. But but if you look at all of the, uh, you look at um, the Sermon on the Mount. You look at all those different things, and then you can ex- then you start to unpack and unravel. Yeah, you, you, that's no. And, and we can justify what we can't. And yet God is saying, we're asking us to be different. I mean, it's... Yeah, very good. We shouldn't be surprised that when God asks us to do something crazy, it's because it is crazy. Um, but how he does things, the fact that he says, yeah, I'm going to save the world by dying. Like, what? Doesn't yeah. Any sense? But I, I think that's... I think there are levels in that as well, aren't there? Oh gosh, absolutely. I mean, I've 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 always had a quite a high risk profile. Well, as and, in, watch out from this guy. You're a dangerous person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and um, so so, you know what what is you know for God to push me to that limit where I'm totally dependent on Him is probably different to. Yeah, I get you know, other, other people. I think what's important is that we, you know, nobody, nobody should look at anybody else and try and copy what they're doing. No. It's just asking God, okay, what is the thing that you want me to do? And for some people, that's, mm. you know, moving moving to a, a different church to help them get things. I mean, whatever whatever it could be, you know. Yeah. And and. I do believe that just that simple obedience, mm. the challenge is if you start, it, for me, there's one detail. Has God told me to do it? Yes. Therefore, I don't need any of the, the other detail. Thank you very much. Because if you start, if I'd have sat down and, and known what I know now, I would never have got started. And here's the reality. If I actually knew what was coming over the next few years, I'd go, yeah, I've done that. Somebody else can take this on. <laughs> I love that. And, I, and the, the heroes in this story for me are the people who've come alongside. Who yeah, do know absolutely. 
and and have still gone for it. Yeah. But I just want to encourage you know your listeners. If God's telling you to do something, yeah, just do it. Yeah. Just do it. And and I've sort of taken the route of my wife and I've just we've we've done that continually in our lives. Sometimes we've got it right. Sometimes we've got it wrong. Mm. But even mm. when we've got it wrong, I think God honors it because we, we believe we're doing the right thing for him, you know, and, and there, therefore you, you can't, you can't lose. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, uh, some people sort of go, Oh gosh, that's really brave what you're doing. And I just don't see it like that at all. No, you're just being obedient. I, I, I'm just being obedient. I think it's brave to, well, I think it's foolish to ignore what God's asking you to do. Yeah. That, that's really interesting. I think, it, it when God asks you to do something that just feels a bit nuts, it's it feels even worse not to. You know, we we know that God will give you the peace that passes understanding when you know it's His will. So when things are, as you say, we're striving and so on and so forth, those are you know not by power, not by strength, but by my Spirit. The Spirit, the witness of the Spirit, is peace. Um, which is such a strange thing, but it's it's also you know what He, he wasn't called the Prince of Peace for nothing. You know, yeah, very good. You know, very the, good. the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace. Interesting. Yeah. Joy is a thing that we probably need to dig a bit deeper yeah. into in, in terms of what it's like. So I've got one of one of the guys on our team. Oh yeah, came to me last year and just sort of said, and he was a bit nervous. And he said, I, "I I need to reduce my hours." Yeah, I'm like, okay, and and he said that. He said, I, "I hope you don't mind, but I want to. I want. I feel like I want to start writing fiction books." Oh, and I was like, "That's great! Go for it! That's brilliant!" Because Amazing. he's like changing his work life, yeah, to be able to to reach a dream that he believes God's put in his heart. And you just got to be brave and well, yeah. brave, obedient. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, and. Yeah. So often, I it, it does break my heart when I meet people who had dreams but have just never got started. And I think for me, that was when I talked to people about the eternal war back in the day, you know, most people had that look on their face like, oh, yeah, that's a, yeah. that's never going to happen. Yeah, rich you know? or nutter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. Or, you know, that's just a little, yeah, that's your dream, but you're never going to do it. I, 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 I so get that. For me, it's almost like it's a challenge. I run at danger. I'm a nutter. It's like, you, you think that's difficult? I, I, it's mad. If I see a mountain with my kids, we will, we will jog it. And we will go up as quickly as we can. There's no rationale behind this whatsoever. But there's just something in our, in our character that says, well, yeah, why not? Let's do this. And like you say, there's this, there's maybe it's that there's something in our genes about danger and we love it. You've got the fight and flight, that sort of stuff. We probably, yeah. we're probably not flighters. We're probably fighters. Yeah. We, we, we yeah. run that sort of stuff. Um, I'm a definite flighter when it comes to blowing up a mountain though. I'll tell you that much. Really? Oh no, seriously. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't. I've got enough risk in my life to do anything physically risky. Oh no, I love it. <laughs> I don't need any more jeopardy. Thank you. <laughs> so I'm driving past Leicester. I was like, look, I'm just going up to the Peak District and also to the out. Yeah, I'll, 
I'll expect a thanks, but no thanks, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so look, um, just drawing to a close, I mean, a couple of things. What, what's, I know that you've spoken about that you've got, uh, good, got a whole bunch of things you need to do. What, where are you now? What do you need to do next? How can people pray and support with where you're at right now? Yeah, I think the biggest, the biggest thing that we really need help on is we need people to send us the stories of answer prayer. Okay. I mean, and that is, there's no cost to that. No. You'll get you'll get a brick in the wall, you get a certificate, so you know exactly where it is, when it yeah, happened. Yeah. But that's what we need because... Okay. Um, How many you got so far? And, and that's simply go to eternalwall.org.uk and just okay. share your story. Give us five minutes. Eternalwall.org.uk. And if you can give me five minutes, yeah. then your story is going to be shared with somebody in 50 years, 100 mm. years' time. Yeah. And it could be the catalyst to them finding the God who answers. And that's what we need the, the church in this country to, to do now. As, we'll as sort it, out the money. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, somehow. Sure. Yeah. But what I really need, what we're gonna we're gonna be dividing the wall up into into regions. Okay. And so so your wall saw, is that right? Your well no, I'm down in Kent, but i have got Oh you're Kent. Okay, yeah, yeah, all right. Yeah. So part sorry, my my apologies. No, no, I've um, got work up in Walsall, but yeah, I'm all okay. over the place. So, so part of the wall will yeah. represent Kent. Yeah, I, yeah. I can't I can't do that bit of the wall. That's for the people of Kent. That's really good. And and you know we we will have three quarters of the wall will represent the UK, and then and then uh, yeah. one quarter will represent outside the UK. We've got seventy five countries I think so far have contributed. Wonderful. But I think interestingly, our British culture doesn't lend itself to sharing stories of what god has done and that's why i think god has asked us to build it here that's really good eternalwall.org.uk i will uh with my role with cinnamon i i have a, a a massive network that i connect with i cover the south and you know encouraging them to do social action and obviously all of this prayer is absolutely at the foundation of all of these things of transforming people's lives I will certainly uh, get the word out to where I am and encourage our listeners to do the same. So tunnelwall.org.uk. Wonderful, thank you. Brilliant. Really, really, thank you very much. Very much enjoying it. Thank you for your time. Well, I just want to say thank you for joining us today on this podcast. And uh, for any references that were made throughout be it groups or books or whatever, um, do come and visit us on seasoned4.life and there we'll also have other details about all the other podcasts that we have done and will be doing also. Take care and we'll catch up soon.